into the area. Janček, stab through, chance, shot, goal! Full stop! Unbelievable scenes at the end for the derby! Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, Scottish Cup finalists 2022 and hopefully Scottish Cup winners 2022. I am Laurie Dunsire and uh, I've now got to the end of everything I can possibly have planned for this week's episode. <laughs> so I'll hand over to Mark Donaldson. I can only say one hello given our opponents this weekend. I can't say hello, hello, <laughs> because there'll be plenty of that boomed out across Spain and Glasgow for the Europa League final for Rangers. And I hope they do it, or at least after extra time and penalties and, and they're knackered. And I, I just wonder, Laurie, when do you think the nerves will set in for the Hearts supporters ahead of, of the weekend? Because right now I'm fine. I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, doing the PGA Championship. So there's enough kind of here to focus my mind on other things. But do you think we're, we're recording this on a Tuesday? Is this too early for the, the nerves to really kind of settle into the, the, the kind of systems and the butterflies in, in, in the stomachs? Or, or are you already a kind of, whoa, it's a big game. I'm getting nervous already. What, what's the deal? I'm in a weird situation, I would say. I, I was I was quite optimistic and excited, and then Saturday deflated me quite a bit. Saturday just passed, and we're not going to get into that, because I, I was going to get into that, and then I'm actually like, we're getting closer to Saturday coming. I was like, there's no point. There's no point in going back on that bit. So I was a bit deflated after that, and at that point, I was like, I've got no expectations for next week. So I'm kind of at the point of like, well, whatever happens will happen. If we win, great. If we don't win, then I wasn't expecting it. I would say... I feel a bit different now. Uh, last night, uh, at the time of recording, we're recording on Tuesday, so we did a little event last night at the Gorgi Suite for Big Hearts. Uh, myself and, and Liam Corbett, who hosts the This Is My Story podcast. So we had Robbie Nielsen in, Jamie McDonald, Gary Locke, and a good best part of, a, I think, 80 to 100 people turned up, which was really good, and raised some money for charity. But chatting about... 98 with Gary Locke, 2006 with Robbie Nielsen, 2012 with Jamie McDonald. Chatting to Robbie about the game this weekend, it's got me feeling a, a little bit more excited and I wouldn't actually say nervous at all yet. Just because we're the underdogs, it's not like we'll, we'll, we'll speak about the last cup final we won where obviously there was a lot more nerves because there was a lot more on the line, I think, from, from a Hearts perspective when we played Hibs in 2012. But just getting a bit more excited and Robbie was quite bullish spoke about the Rangers game. I said, you know, what do you want? And he's like, well, hopefully they go the distance, extra time, uh, a few injuries, and then get pumped on penalties. That was what he said, word for word. Um, so, and he seems, he seems in good spirits, which is what you want. Um, so I would say I'm, I'm feeling a, excited at the moment, actually. Yeah, I'm a lot more confident um, that the fact that Rangers are playing this midweek. And I just wonder, we're speaking of nerves and butterflies, 
Ryan McGowan, when did the butterflies start for you prior to the cup final in, in, in 20 <laughs> Full time in the semi. Yeah. <laughs> when Beatty scored against Celtic in the semi final. Um, I think I've spoken about it before. It was probably after the change in the change rooms after that semi final. And we'd sort of the celebrations had kind of all calmed down and you're just sitting down, sipping a beer and then it like kind of just kicks in. We're like, fuck, we're going to have Hibs in the final now. And like straight away back then, it was just that was all that anyone ever spoke about from literally from when we left Hamden to before kickoff was that cup final. It was even the games like between the semi final and the, the everyone like we probably could have lost every game leading up to it. And all the fans were like, don't worry about that one. Just make sure you win the cup final. Don't worry <laughs> about that. So I think. Properly nerves kicked in. I think it was probably the Monday for myself because with Sergio, he used to sort of like basically name his team um, on the Monday for the for the weekend. So I remember driving into training on Monday, being a little bit nervous, thinking like, wonder what the team's going to be. Wonder if not if I agree with it, but like as a player, sometimes you know players play in different positions, and you're like, oh, I don't know about that, or. Um, so yeah, it was probably the Monday morning that I was driving into training, and then once you started training during that week, it kind of eased off again. And then the the day before, when you're like packing your bag, getting ready for the overnight stay in the hotel, that's when you start getting nervous and probably leading up to the game. It was was pretty nervous until the warm up, and after the warm up, was I was perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> so this week. Um... For circumstances out with our control, we're a little bit off the cuff because um, we did have some due to come on and due to circumstances out with their control, um, we've not been able to get them on. They will be on a podcast in the future and all that will be revealed within time. And then I was like, oh, we've not got much time to prep something else. And then I started looking and I was like, I'll usually roll off loads of stats and information. And I was like, you know what? Let's not do that this time. Let's do something a little bit different. Um, we're going to play off the cuff a little bit more. So I've actually fired a tweet out there just before we came on air and just said, right, guys, we're recording. It's going to be a bit more casual, unplanned, a bit of improv on Scarves Around the Funnel. I've got my I've got my beer open now. Fire some questions at us. What, what should we talk about? So I think we'll just crack through some of these and we'll see what happens. And we will obviously talk about Saturday and how we're feeling and what we're expecting. But um, let's see how this goes. Okay, I'm looking at Twitter and we'll get some things out. So first up, I got a message right back from Ian Clarkson who said, how about cup final morning routines as a fan and as a player? Um, now, Ryan, you're the only one who can tell us <laughs> as a player. So why don't you get us started? Uh, most of the time you're staying in a hotel the night before. So um, most clubs do that just because think it keeps you as a as a team they can kind of control that environment they make sure that everyone's you know eating the right food no one's going to be like late for the bus or stuck in traffic or you know like any of that sort of outside circumstances they can kind of control and um it's also good from you know if you can have a team meeting after dinner or boys can get massages or treatment if they need be so um you normally wake up some coaches have breakfast as optional. Other coaches, it's compulsory. Um, we then have 
sort of your pre-match meal, which is about three to four hours before kickoff. So it's normally about 11-ish, 11.30. Um, some coaches have meetings before. I'm trying to remember what Paolo, I think Paolo had a meeting after pre-match meal. And then we went for a walk, came back, probably had about half an hour, 45 minutes to get ready and then the bus to the stadium. So it's relatively busy, but also pretty low key um, in terms of, you know, just getting yourself up and about and moving. And I think most of the time everyone's pretty excited because you, you, you have been waiting. The semifinals a couple of months or a couple of weeks. What is it? Six, seven weeks before the final. So, you know, you have been just looking forward to that day for so long and it's, it's just good. The, the day's finally arrived and you, you get to go out and play. How about you, Mark, from a, a fan perspective or, or I guess as a, a representative of the club as well from a media perspective? Interesting one for me. I've only been as a supporter to one cup final, one Scottish cup final. That was 1986 and I was only nine years old. Um, the rest have been working. Because, well, sorry, 90, 96 I went to as a fan as well. 98 I was working. 06 I was commentating. 2012 I was commentating. Um, 98, there was that, well, we've got nothing to lose. I wasn't overly confident, but what I remember about 98 was just the, the, the enormous amount of perceived time added on. It was before advertising boards. But it was a beautiful day and... and that morning, um, just the, 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 it's just the paper. The paper's in a, a roll. It's simple. And I'm sure, I mean, I, I was never a, a kind of big beer drinker early in the morning. Um, so I didn't do that. It might have sounded like I did it prior to the commentaries that I did. Um, 06, I never at any stage felt nervous. I thought 06 was about. Oh, um, God. Oh, I did. No, honestly, I, I didn't. Even before, and normally I'm like nervous Nelly, but even before the, the, the penalties, because um, Stefan Adam was, was with us and, and Gary Mackay doing it for the Hearts website back in the day or Radio Forth or whoever it was that, that we did it for. Gary was nervous. Lawrence Brody was a nervous wreck, but I, I never at any stage thought, even at penalties, thought it, it would be all right. But again, the, the build up there. Um, the morning, it's Heart Hill seemed to play a part in, in them as well. We stopped at Heart Hill and and just just to kind of kick your your heels and just stretch your legs and everything. So there wasn't really a, a routine. I'm sure a lot of Hearts fans will be kind of open the pub early doors. That's something that that I would have loved to to have done. But yeah, only a couple of times have I been as a, a fan with no work commitments. Uh, and, and 2012, that was that was nervy. I uh, went with the, the whole family, my father-in-law, and again, we we, we stepped, stopped off at Heart Hill, got all the papers. It's weird. I remember buying all the papers in 2012 prior to the game. I don't think I read one of them, but I made sure I bought every single newspaper on the Sunday and the Monday, and I've still got them all. Yeah, I've I've been to, I was at 2006 and 2012, both as fans in terms of the winning cups. I missed 98. I think I said before, we didn't get tickets for 98. Um, my dad hadn't been gone for a few years until that season. That was my first season. So we watched that one on TV. But 2006, got the train. Um, can't remember much about pre-match pre in 2006. I was with my dad. Um, so I don't think I was like ridiculously intoxicated for that game. I think I was reasonably sensible, a few beers. But then... Was that the, it was that game where we were watching 
that Kieran Cup final, wasn't it, beforehand? Scotland in Bulgaria oh, in or something. Japan. In, Japan, in Japan, yeah. But 2012, I was quite intoxicated before the game. Um, it was it was quite a long day. And I think I remember one thing I do remember, it was myself and one of my good pals. And the last pub we were in, we bumped it. It was two Hibs fans who happened to be sitting next to us. So we were doing shots together before the game with two Hibs fans. And I'm sure, and we were doing like red and green aftershock or something for like the two teams and swapping them over and stuff. Um, some nonsense like that. So I was extremely drunk for 2012. And that's why a lot of it's a bit of a blur. And, you know, because we were, we were behind um, Jamie's goal for the first half. So I remember, like, having to look up at the screen when Darren Barr and Scatchel scored, because when you're that far in and you're at the other end of the ground at Hamden, it's very difficult to see what's going on. But thankfully, I had good view of the three goals in the second half for Hearts. <laughs> I remember 2000 and... No, sorry, 96... Getting the bus through. That's the only time that I, that I got the bus through. And we stopped off at a bowling club um, and just got, well, we didn't, yeah, I suppose we got drunk, but I, I just wonder how easy or how difficult it is for like bus conveners or secretaries or whatever. Do you, do they have, do you know, Laurie, of, of like, did you used to go on a bus? Do you have a kind of right if we get to a final that did we're going used to, to go on a bus? Said like a guy who never has to take the bus. <laughs> no, of course. I went on pedicure cards for many years, but How it's do the been old a bus while. things work, Laurie, not, you peasant. Train I don't do. I've never done a train to a game, but I've done a few buses. There must trains, be, train's great. Train is absolutely I, I I've done supporters' buses before, but I've never been part of a because I've all, I've been up north and then I've, I've dotted around and stuff. I've never been part of a specific supporters club. Um, so I've been on the odd bus, but I love the train. I think the train, the football is great as, as a fan, certainly when you can have a few drinks. Will you be allowed um, to have a drink on Saturday? Did I say, did I say that you're not allowed to drink on trains now? Uh, ScotRail Scott stopped it in the pandemic and they've never restarted it. But it's a ScotRail rule. So if you go on a cross-country or um, Virgin East Coast or whatever, you're fine. But right. Scotland, so, so what, what about Edinburgh Glasgow on, on Saturday? Well, you don't have to tell me that'll, that'll, be, that'll be dry. Well, <laughs> You're not going to try and stop people from drinking, are you? Oh, they, it's Scotland. They probably will. They've, they've tried how it all the time. How do you do that? How, oh, how do you, because how do you jobs work, honestly. Nonsense. But let's not get into that. I could moan about Scotland for an hour. Um, let's see what else we've got. Oh, Ryan Moffat messages us saying... And he says, what do you think of Scotland, Laurie? He says, <laughs> when's... Uh, when's Ryan McGowan swapping Q8 for Boomtown so he can be reunited <laughs> with his pal Johnny Stewart? Um, week two, the cinch. Yeah, they're up. They're up. I was delighted for him. Um, well, it might be a little while just yet, Mr. Moffat. Um, but yeah, we'll wait and see. I was delighted with them. A few of my good mates play for them and. Um, yeah. Well, if you give them two years, they'll be championship, will they not? So yes, next season up to League One, end of season after championships. So well, yeah, yeah, a couple of years. When they're in the champ, will that be 35, 34, 35? <laughs> Have you thought, Ryan, about the club you want to end your career with and when that might be? Um, no. Not and you, you, you've got many years left. I mean, this isn't something that's in the short term. Yeah, not, not really. Um, 
yeah no not sort of like the fairy tale ending type thing i, I don't have anything like like that set up i just want to have a, a good crack at it um and then i also want to kind of go out or don't want to be clinging on as such if that makes sense i don't want to be like hanging around and taking a young players you know say if i'm coming off the bench or if i'm starting uh, you know i used to get frustrated at that when i was a young kid trying to come through so i'd like to think that i'll kind of roughly know where i'm at at different stages of my career and, and try and make this sort of judgment on that i wouldn't like to think that i was hanging on for you know for dear life although some people watching me might think that's already passed but <laughs> but yeah um i'm not too sure it, it would probably be back in scotland because that's where i'll settle so um I've played for a number of clubs there, so it could be any or <laughs> any one of them. I've got another one for you, Ryan. Then Mike Bradley says, uh, "Ask Ryan McGowan if his hamstring is feeling very tight this week." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just glad that no one in Q8 is following this podcast or following anyone here. Otherwise, I'd be <laughs> under, under the microscope. But um, yeah, we've got a game tomorrow night and a game on the 21st. So. Oh, mate, I was at an event, at the event at the Gorgie Suite last night. People were like, Laurie, is it worth putting, is it worth putting money on a Ryan McGowan red card on Wednesday night in his game? <laughs> yeah, I, was, I can't comment, I can't possibly comment on that. Oh, uh, it was just the, the time of it. We, technically, our season should have been finished on the 10th. So it's only been recently that this AFC thing's popped up. So it was a... Uh, an absolute nightmare, and then you know I can't even. I think we discussed it last week. I don't even think I'll be able to watch it, which is even worse. So, um, yeah, there's there's no could be because there's no way of me escaping like that time to then watch it and just enjoy the game for for what it is. Somebody's going to message me or call me, or I'm going to see something on Twitter, or like it, it's just impossible to then just try and watch the full game later on. So that's a little bit frustrating, but. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully the boys can do it. I, Mark said it; he's not really that nervous, so I'm starting to get a little bit nervous, especially I think because there's a lot you of rain. And you won't be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to be able to see it. But I think because because Rangers are playing and there's a lot of stuff going on, and we know that we're playing them at the weekend, uh, um, I'm getting quite excited about the game. But at the same time, a little bit nervous. Um, just you know that unknown feeling of of a cup final and excited for the players because I've experienced winning a cup final and what it brings to, you know, those players that play in it and the club and the fans and, and how much everybody enjoys it. So um, I just really hope that they can replicate that and, and everyone can enjoy the, the day, the weekend and the coming weeks. We're talking about afterwards, Stuart Moody says, what was your post cup final bevy? Um, he does also say, and will he, will you be at New Dundas Park for the league two opener? But <laughs> We've already covered that part. So, I right, what was what was your what was your drink of choice after the game? Just straight into the lager, a yeah. tennis, was it? Whatever, whatever was in the change rooms. I think it was just straight. I think it was Peroni actually. For some reason, that rings the bell. I, I don't know if I've seen a photo of me holding one or Budweiser. Maybe it was just there was loads of loads of drink, and um, I don't know if it's true or not, but I. Sometimes for cup finals, like both the clubs chip in. I don't know if I'm making this up or if I'm a little bit off the subject, but they like chip in for all the drink and the, the alcohol afterwards and they kind of like leave it in a neutral <laughs> neutral spot. And then they like agree that whoever 
wins, they get all the drink and they put all the drink through. Because I've often wondered, like, how are they that prepared? Like, you know, if we lost, we wouldn't we'd be popping the champagne and drinking all the beers and stuff. So um don't know how true that is, but I'm pretty sure somebody told me that. So, but I remember boys were getting drug tested afterwards. It took us an absolute age to get out of yeah, yeah, back up. So yeah, there was a lot of boys that you know, we ended up pretty much drinking everything that was at Hamden, and then everyone gets on the bus and you're wanting more, and sent a few people to the local shop to get us like a bit of a carry out, and yeah, and then the, the next coming weeks, I think I drank every drink of possibly available. <laughs> 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 For all those that have been to to Hamden to follow Hearts and gone to Scotland games, I think the chippy is still there, right beside what used to be the petrol station. I don't know if that's still there at the the kind of Asda end. So it would be behind the end, I think, where the Hearts fans will be um, this weekend. There's an off license, and I remember in 2004 covering Livingston against Hibs and. Um, there was very little beer in the changing rooms for Libby to celebrate with. So Alan Preston um, went in and offered all the beer in exchange for the League Cup trophy, which the guy was like, I don't give a fuck about the League Cup trophy. Pay for the beer or fuck off. But they, I mean, they, they were there was a fair bit of, of drink had there, but it seemed to be kind of changed days. You wonder as well, Ryan, with regards to superstition, Obviously, you get the T-shirts and whatever, they're there and there's only one or two people that, that kind of have access to them and, like, touching the cup on the way out. Um, did you have kind of superstitions or, or was it a very superstitious dressing room back in in 2012? Well, not really. I remember, I think, taking a photo with the cup and everybody kept telling me that it was bad luck to touch it beforehand. So I didn't touch it, but that was probably because everybody told me not to. If no one had told me, I'm not very superstitious, but everyone was like, whatever you do, don't like hold the trophy. You know, when you get the photos like taken beforehand from the media. So I remember making a conscious effort of that, but then I also remember being a bit like, I don't want to start getting into, I was quite young. I was only 21 or 22. I don't want to start getting into like these silly superstitions that, that everybody has. Um, but I can't remember off the top of my head if anyone kind of had any. Um, I'm actually trying to remember if the change, if we were, we're in the same changing rooms for the semi final and the final. I think we were, you know. Because Hearts were, were the away team in, in the final, weren't they? Because it was a 1 5 as opposed to a 5 1. Yeah. It was yeah. Bernie versus Hart Midlothian. Uh, yeah, semi final. I, I, I think it was, was well, it Hart Midlothian one, versus Hibernian or was it? What was the semi? So oh, no. oh the, sorry, the Celtic game. Sorry, the Celtic game. Sir. Uh, yeah, we were in the same change rooms, which a few boys were like, "Oh, that's good because you know I've won, like we won the last game here, or blah 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 blah." So I think that was because obviously we played Celtic and they had the sort of right hand side and we got the left. But yeah, not overly. The, I've been in change rooms where people have weird, weird superstitions, but that Hearts one was was relatively good from what I can John remember. Terry not used to have to. I know you didn't play with John Terry, but did he not? You could ask John Obi Mikel. Did he not used to apparently like have to go for a pee in the one in from the left urinal or something stupid like that? Well, I'm not sure. We used to we used to have some. Why do you not know? Why did you not ask him when you? So <laughs> played, not played England when oh, you were. Try and see if you can tell me that, yeah. what 
where John Terry went for a piss before a game. But, um, <laughs> I remember one, one teammate that used to, as we were like ready to go out the change room, so like referee knocks on your door, like that's it, ready to go. And whenever the first person opened the change rooms, he would run to the toilet, but he would have to wait until the door was open. And he would quickly run to the toilet, but he'd only be gone for like 10, 15 seconds. And then he'd, he'd come back out. And then people clocked on it and <laughs> he'd like, they'll go to pretend to open the door and everyone would know. And um, yeah, that was odd because he wasn't obviously going for a piss. It was just something that he had to do sort of in his head, I guess, <laughs> that, that fixed it for him. But yeah, I think there's some strange superstitions that, that go around uh, footballers, especially. Okay, we've got to turn up for the books because um, our special guest who was actually on a flight that was a little bit delayed. So we thought we were going to have to reschedule, but he has very kindly made himself available. He's just jumped in the car. And the reason that he is uh, such an important guest to get on this week, the week of hearts defeating Rangers in the cup final in 2022, of course, is he was part of the team who defeated Rangers in the cup final uh, 24 years ago. A man who played a big part in that at the centre of the hearts defence. We are delighted to be joined by Mr. Paul Ritchie. How are you doing? Good evening, gentlemen. Very well, thank you. Uh, first of all, uh, you know, thanks a lot for, for taking the time to, to come on and, and speak to us. I know you've, you've just got off a flight. I think you've, you're just back in San Diego now, is it? Uh, yeah, just got back from, from the East Coast. So I had, a, I had a, an MLS next tournament for our, our older boys uh, over the weekend. So I just got back from Virginia, Maryland. So it's yeah, been a long last day. I've been up for 12 hours now and it's, uh, it's only the middle of the day here, so it's going to be a, a long day here in California. It's you've got a bit of a Mark Donaldson esque sort of lifestyle. We get all that you know, jetting around <laughs> the states. Um, but for those that aren't aware, you've been over in the states for how long now? Uh, I think I'm coming up from a uh, all in all about twelve years now. Uh, I think I've been I moved over to the east coast to to be with Martin Rennie at Carolina Railhawks, the old NASL team. Uh, we, we coached there for a couple of years before moving to Vancouver in Canada uh, to be part of the Vancouver Whitecaps in the MLS uh, and then from there uh, moved down to California and now involved in, in, in youth soccer and at, a, at the sort of elite level of uh, uh, youth soccer down in here in California so yeah, it's, uh, it's an enjoyable lifestyle Well I can understand uh, but you must, you must miss Scotland and, and Hearts as well Oh, I do. Uh, that, that, that's the, the biggest. Very, very grateful for what I've got here. But uh, yeah, uh, I miss watching Hearts on Saturday. Miss that professional environment. I do miss the, the Scottish weather at times. But yeah, as I said, <laughs> the, the football, the football is uh, the one thing I do miss. And uh, in, in all honesty, it's, it's a little bit different over here. Um, but to say that I keep in touch with a lot of people at Tyne Castle, and uh, my two boys go and watch them every week. And Keep, keep, keep on top of the, the results and uh, really, really look forward to this weekend. Yeah, in terms of in terms of that, I mean, obviously you're someone who who follows Hearts now, even after all these years. We've got Ryan McGowan, of course, on the podcast with us, who, despite being a boy from Adelaide, is now a fully-fledged Jambo, and although he left many years ago, he's also basically one of us. Um, I was having a chat at the at the event we were doing last night. Gary Locke was there, Robbie Nielsen, um, Jamie McDonald, and what what's always evident about guys who have had success like that with Hearts a cup final win 
is they're never forgotten. And I know speaking to Jamie McDonald about it, he was saying he, he loves the fact that 10 years on now, these events come up and he can still relive it and still speak to fans and they still love reminiscing about it. And is that the same for you? Because it's 24 years ago yesterday at the time of recording that you obviously defeated Rangers with hearts at, at Celtic Park. But that'll, that'll never go away. That never grows old for a hearts fan, does it? No, it never does. And as I said, I think growing up as a heart supporter, and I think this is this is where the game's lost with the younger generation nowadays. I think back back then, it's like you played the game to win something. You played the game to represent your country. You played you played the game to, to represent the team that you played for, and to be part of a successful Hearts team who had been through a, a number of years without any success was, as I said, a dream come true. And you're right; you can never take that away. Uh, and as I said, the, the joy that we brought the so many thousands of heart supporters that day. We'll, we'll live with us forever uh, and then just so privileged to be part of something like that and I think Ryan is the same as he said it's, these days are, 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 are becoming more frequent for Hearts which is which is good uh, as I said they're not as uh, big spells in between cup finals and I think they're becoming uh, as successful now and hopefully get another cup win on Saturday Well we've been speaking about when the nerves start to really kick in prior to a cup final Ryan was saying it was kind of throughout the week and then before the game, he was very nervous. What about you in, in 1998? Because the squad went to Forest of Arden to get away from it all. Did that mean that the nerves didn't kind of start until after you got back? Or how were you feeling that week? Exactly the same. As I said, these, are, these, these days are, are what kids dream of. Uh, and I think the, the nerves, as soon as, as soon as you win that semi-final, uh, and then it's, you realise that, you're going to be part of a, a historic day and a, a big part of Scottish football, uh, as I said. So it's, it's right away, because and that's why we play the game. Uh, but yeah, the build-up to that cup final, regardless if we were away, was it was, yeah, we're always nervous, because we're still relatively young at the time. Uh, we weren't, as I said, we were, uh, we'd been through a lot that season. Uh, Jim Jeffries had installed a, a, a self-belief within that group. And I think throughout that week, there was a belief that this could be the, the, the time that we could sort of break that duck, as I said, regardless of, as I said, the level of opposition, we knew how good Rangers were, but we, we gave as good as we got against Rangers uh, for that sort of two-year period, uh, and going to, going, to, going to Parkhead that day, Celtic Park, it was more Durham one, as I said, they'd done us the 96 Cup final, and they'd done us the League Cup the year before, um, but we knew within ourselves on, on any given day, the players and the squad that we had, we had the players and the ability to, to, to come out top on that day and, and as I said thankfully we did and it was said something that will live with us forever Ryan um, you know we're talking about how these sort of moments uh, can have such a big impact on players and the fact they still feel so uh, such an affinity with hearts and how that feeling never goes away is that a big part of you know your I guess your ongoing love for the club is partly what happened that day just um, almost what, 10 years ago on, was it, Thursday this week? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, and you know, like w what everybody's saying is because Hearts have, you know, they're a massive club, but, you know, winning cup finals hasn't been, you know, that often. We, you know, I've instantly, with, with 2012 cup final win, shared an experience with, you know, what, 80, 100,000 Hearts fans. If it was not in the stadium, they were watching it somewhere. So, Instantly, anytime I meet somebody that doesn't know me, we have that one connection. Or, hey, I was in the stadium when you scored, or I was in so and so. I was in America. I was in Spain with my 
two kids who were, you know, so-and-so at this age. So you instantly have that connection and it just, you, you just have that connection with the club, with the people. And, and like what Jammer says, you get invited back to, you know, events 10 years down the line, you know, people can name off the, the 98, the 2006, 2012, they can name all the starting 11s. They keep an eye on you from, you know, what you've done once you've left the club, what you're up to just now. And, um, you know, as a player, like what Paul said, growing up, you just want to be involved in a club or you want to play somewhere that people remember or you make an impact. And, and I feel that like most of the players that have played in one cups have made that impact on so many fans and then they get to get the sort of rewards back. And um, it was interesting with um, Liam Boyce, I seen during the week, he touched on that, you know, of once he's been in around the club and knowing the history and seeing how the fans treat, you know, players like myself and Paul and, and cup winners from the past, you know, I remember being not jealous as such, but you craved that attention. You craved what that 2016, you craved what the 98 team achieved and, and you wanted to be part of that. And then making a cup final, you just know that you're 90 minutes away from, you know, being held in such a high esteem with, with a club as big as hearts is, is pretty um, rewarding once you get it. Paul, um, you mentioned the two previous cup finals. I kind of want to link back to those. I know you probably won't want to in many ways, but you, you obviously played Rangers in the 96 cup final. Um, I think you'd actually scored twice in the cup run. You like to, you like to go in the Scottish Cup. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did. It, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the best day. Um, Brian Loudrop. Obviously, a fantastic player had a field day. Uh, Gordon Jury banged in a hat trick. You, you, had, you had Paul Gascoigne in his prime. Um, few Hearts players weren't on their game that afternoon. Um, but it, when you do, do you think these experiences, you know, the, the next cup final was actually just six months later when it was much closer, the 4 3 game at Celtic Park in the League Cup. Um, did, did those games, did it feel like you were getting closer? Because obviously, from a 5 1 defeat to very unfortunate in the Celtic Park game. Did, did you think those had a positive impact in terms of how you then approached 98? 100%. That, that 96, as I said, everything that could go wrong that day did go wrong. Uh, and I think it was, as I said, Big Jails, who was her, as I said, hero, um, as I said, had, had had a day that I would never want to uh, forget. So it was, it was one of those ones where we, we got there we got there, uh, we had an experience that you'd like to forget, but I think it, I think it did give us that sort of hunger, uh, that desire to get back. Uh, and you're right, six months later, we got another chance in the League Cup, which was a little bit closer. Uh, and then, fortunate enough, uh, as I said, 98 Cup final, uh, we managed to lay, lay the ghost to rest and, 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 and win, that, win that game. And I think we fully deserved that. Looking back at your, you know, we're not going to go from a kind of career from start to finish at Hearts and get into too much depth, but it was Jim Jeffries who who put you in the team at the age of 20. I think it was only his seventh competitive game in charge of the club. He gave you your debut and basically from that point on, you were a regular and you played more than 30 games every season. You were at Hearts from that point until you left. Um, how was How big an influence was he on you as a player and then on building up to that success in 98? Massive. I, th I think everybody knows where, 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 where we were as a young group of players at Hearts uh, regarding before Jim Jeffries came in. Uh, as I said, Tommy McLean didn't fancy us. Uh, Jim came in and as I said, he he 
gave us that sort of self-belief. He trusted he trusted us. He seen something in us that other previous managers didn't. Because, uh, as I said, not being about the boost, one or two of us, but if it wasn't for Jim, we could have been out the door that season. Um, but Jim seen something in us, as I said, trusted us. And as I said, I'm eternally grateful for, for Jim Jeffries and Billy Brown and Peter Houston, uh, who, as I said, gave us that. Uh, opportunity uh, to play for Hearts because I'd been at Hearts since I was 12, 13 years old on an S form and, and went through the, the schoolboy forums and on the ground staff and through the reserves, third team with Sandy Clark and they say, just never got into that sort of first team environment uh, and, and until Jim Jeffries came. So, as I said, for me, Jim was everything for me for where my success came from with the club and obviously massive, massive part of making Hearts a team they were and and building that environment and bringing in those players that he brought in uh, to, to become that cup winning team because uh, it was a, a phenomenal feat for the players that he managed to entice to Tynecastle. To be honest, Paul, see how you said there that you know Jim Jeffries took a, a liking to you and, and sort of brought you in. How did that work? Because uh, when you were talking there, it sounds very similar to my situation because I'd sort of been in and around the club. You know, I wasn't for twelve or thirteen, but I'd been there for maybe three or four years and. I was out on loan, and but I used to still train with the with the club. And um, it was one day at training, Jim just sort of came up to me and was like, "Listen, we're watching everything that you're doing. Um, you know, we really like you in training. We've watched some of your loan games. Make sure you have a you know enjoy your summer off, but make sure you're ready to come back in next season because we really want you to kick on." And I remember him just saying that was probably the first first team manager to say that to me that I was like, "Oh, I don't want to let him down." Did you have a moment like that or did you just know because he chucked you into the game or, you know, you started training with the first team? How did that all sort of evolve? Yeah, very similar. Cause I, think, I think it was it was public knowledge. And when Tommy McLean was at Hearts, as I said, he did not, uh, as I said, I think that my biggest my biggest moment of sort of a, a turning point of where my, my lowest, it was when Walter Kidd was, was my coach. He was my reserve team manager. And Hearts had, as I said, one or two injuries at Kilmarnock. And Tommy McLean, registered Walter Kidd to play in front of me and one or two others so then that was when as you said I was probably at my lowest uh, it, was, it was that day I was thinking wow this this manager doesn't fancy me uh, and then fortunate enough for myself Tommy got the sack uh, Jim came in and as I said Jim just brought a new lease of life to everybody as I said I think he knew what I was good at he knew my limitations as I said I think he knew it was a heart supporter and I think where hearts were at that time uh, with the players, the older players that they had and the older players that were leaving. And uh, the only way forward for Jim was, and Jim and Billy and Pusty was, was to bring in these sort of fringe young, not even younger players, because we were 19, 20. You look at it now, it's 15, 16, 17. You're classed as a youngster. But as I said, I'd been at Hearts and I'd, I'd served my time. I, I knew what it was like to, to, to be a, a supporter. And, and as I said, I just, he trusted me. Uh, he trusted a lot of the kids at the time who'd, who'd been successful in the, and the youth team and who had a successful run in the reserves and as I said the, the, the progression he gave us and the trust that he had in us was, was great and as I said we, we hopefully we paid him back and, and we, we got the success that he, he craved as a manager as well All oh, the cup final in 1998 the build up to it when was the team announced by Jim and did you mind going into it as underdogs again having faced Rangers as underdogs a couple of times in the last two years before that? Yeah, no, not at all. I think, Jim, we, we, we knew the team sort of midly that week because uh, obviously we work on things and work on the shape and had a game plan. But no, as I said, I think any time you go against the old firm, you're always going to be an underdog. And I think that's that, that, and that's the way, as I said, these so-called smaller clubs 
uh, are always looked upon in, in these big occasions. But as I said, for us that day, we got off to a perfect start. And I think that when, you, when you're talking about cup final, you're talking about playing Rangers or Celtic, as I said, I think if, if everything falls in, in line uh, and the stars are aligned and you get the start that we did with we Mickey's penalty uh, in or outside the box, whatever you decide, it was it was a, it was a penalty given on that day. And it was a great start. So once we got a goal in front, we had something to hang on to. And when you're talking about the likes of David Weir and and and, and, and big Dave McPherson and people like that in, in the back four, we, we had a lot of quality. Uh, and we, as I said, we, we managed to hang on uh, and to get the second goal. Uh, that little cushion, uh, as I said, it was then it becomes a sort of oh shit, this is real. <laughs> this could this could happen because I think the game. I think as I said, as, as a soccer player, soccer player, a football player. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, no, you fucking it. No, yeah, but you, know, you do know you, you always you always want the best, but deep down you know when you come up against a good team like like said that, that that Rangers team, you're always nervous, um, but you're always going to a game with a positive mindset. Uh, and as I said that day, we were we, we we I think we deserved the game. I think we we deserved the one. Uh, I thought we defended well and we took our chances really well. Uh, and yeah, it was nervy at the end, but uh, as I said, I think we were thoroughly thoroughly deserved winners of the, of the cup final that day. Were the Rangers defenders distracted by Stevie Fulton's hair? What? I think it was. I think it was all that about day, that. That, <laughs> that. That is Fulton. If you know, you know Stevie Fulton well. Stevie's Stevie's his own man, and as I said, to see him that day and that that silver white hair was just a sight to be seen. Uh, and as I said, he felt he was an unbelievable talent, an unbelievable human being, and just a, an absolute gentleman to play with. As I said, he's one of the best left foots I'd ever seen. Uh, and as I said, he was just a he was one of the the top characters within that group. So obviously, Ricky Cameron puts away the penalty. Uh, Stefan scores to make it 2-0. Uh, gets a bit nervy when Rangers pull a goal back. And the big moment that was often spoken about is when David Weir makes a challenge on Ali McCoy's five minutes to go. Um, what are you thinking? What are you feeling at that point? Yeah, myself. I think it was one of those ones where if he gives a penalty, we know it's, it's if they get that if they get that equalising goal, then they're they're on the the, the ascendancy. Um, but as I said, never got it. We, we dug in, and the rest history. As I said, it was a big big decision. As I said, I think it's looking back, it could have been one of those ones where now with VAR, still as I said, it was still it's still, still dubious, and still I don't think it was as clear cut as what people made out to be. Uh, I still think there was a, that there was contact, but. As I said, I think it was uh, we, we 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 got the rub of the green, uh, and as I said, we uh, we went on to hang on and and, and win the cup. So that was that was one um, Willie in, in charge who made the call against Rangers for that one um, this weekend. It'll be another Willie in in the middle, Mister Willie Collum. <laughs> if there's, where are you going with this? The, I'm not going that direction before you say okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, do you think he'll be as um, as bold as? Willie Young, if there's a decision like that to be made at Hamden on Saturday? Absolutely no chance. We are, I think we all know that it's, it's, said, yeah, but, but, but it's going to be, we have to be sure that we do what we need to do because, as I said, he has got a, a track record of being anti-hearts, as I said, and I'm not. As I said, it's just, it's just unfortunate the way it is. Uh, I don't say personally think he's a, a top referee uh, when it comes to hearts. I think we've had so many decisions against us. Uh, we've had so many decisions that have cost us 
big points, big games moving forward. Uh, as I say, but you never know. We just, as I say, if we do our things right and 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 do things properly, then we take the referee at the equation and we don't rely rely on him making good or bad decisions. To be honest, do you remember much about the celebrations after '98? Oh, yeah. That, that 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 for me, like the the trip back from Celtic Park that night when we were on the top of the bus and we were told we weren't allowed. That 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 drive along Gorgie Road and all, all the way from Rickerton in when we were on the top of the bus will live with me forever. As I said, I think the Sunday was a blur, but that Saturday coming home for the game was just, it was just incredible. Uh, and it was just to see the amount of people on the streets who how how much it meant to these people who, as I said, they they supported Hearts for. For, for all their lives and it had been the first time in 30 years that they'd, they'd managed to celebrate something together so as I said it was a, a phenomenal phenomenal experience coming back phenomenal experience coming back in the bus Do you know what I love is the fact that we've got you were in the cup final 24 years ago in 1998 and Gary Locke was obviously there, I think he told us he, he woke up on John Robertson's carpet the next morning before the parade um, but Ryan played uh, <laughs> 14 years after that in a cup final who else was on the bus Ryan but also Gary Locke giving I'd, his all beer see when, he, see, see when, he, when uh, Paul you were just saying then about them telling you not to like get out the, I'm guessing that the you went out the emergency exit on the top of the bus right. yeah, that's <laughs> <So right. laughs> when, we, when we were coming back um, everyone was banging on the window and Locke goes no no boys this is what you do this is what you do and pop the <laughs> emergency he's um, been there yeah <laughs> So a few of us, he's like, that's, what, that's what we all did in 98 that's what we did watch watch and we fucking popped it up and it was the exact same again everyone's telling us to get down and um, a few boys had got up to the to the roof but um, yeah, that was Lockie's Lockie's favourite of um, you know we used to tease him winding him up this is what we did in 98 this is what we did <laughs> it, it did come in handy afterwards with, with some of the celebrations and pretty sure Lockie woke up on someone's uh, carpet after 2012 as well <laughs> what was the drink of choice, Paul, in 98? What were you drinking afterwards? Uh, tenants, I think Lockie said, wasn't it? Because it was sponsored by tenants. It was sponsored by tenants, so. by tenants a few bottles of champagne, whatever whatever was there, to be honest. It was just free flowing. But I think it was the tenants. I think that was the, that was the starting point because, as I said, obviously it was the tenants Scottish Cup, so we, we managed to get a few crates of that in the bus and that was it. Uh, and the, <laughs> as I said, the, the rest was a blur. See, Glenn's sponsor a few of the Scottish things now. That could be dangerous, ever if they ever supplied oh. after. <laughs> yeah, that would be very, very difficult. Well, did you have a moment? See, after the the cup final and all the celebrations, did you have like a a moment of reflection? I, I remember when I first got onto the bus, and the bus was was bit, you know bouncing. We just won the cup, but then maybe sort of ten minutes after we went, it was it was kind of quiet and not surreal as such, but you know just the emotional almost come down of the one, you know, playing 90 minutes and in such an intense game, two, realising, you know, what you've done and and just sort of having that moment. And then I felt like sort of after we got past Hart Hill, everyone then got their second win and started kicking off. Was that sort of similar to, to 98? Or was very similar. Very, oh. very similar. I think that the, the, the lull wasn't as big as what I think you guys were. It was, but there definitely was. I think there was a reflection. There was a, just as we're leaving, as I said, the, the initial, that getting into the dressing rooms at Celtic Park and then from there it was like it was, it was a good 45 minutes to an hour before we got back in the bus yeah. if not longer and then from there it was like yeah then it became sort of 
the bus was bouncing, the songs were singing, Jose was getting a little bit of stick, and it was just <laughs> chaos. <laughs> I think you're right, it was just a little bit of a sort of, fuck, we, just, we did it, we've done it, it's real. Yeah. It's, you're still, you're still, as I said, the adrenaline's pumping from the game, you're, you're high as a kid, you're, you're, you're up there, it's that sort of feel-good factor in why we play, and then you do realise it goes, gets a little bit quiet, and then it's a... Breathe, breathe again and then. But we're lucky, and, we're lucky and Jose on that bus and Stevie Thorne. We never got that much much time to sort of reflect. It was just straight back onto the next one. Yeah. Paul, the, the, the games that season against Rangers, um, there was a 5-2 thumping just before Christmas. Um, there was also the first game of the season. You lost on a, a Monday night. But the day you made your 100th appearance for Hearts, was a two-all draw against Rangers at Ibrox, and they had Alberts to thank for a really late equaliser. Do you think part of the the, the victory in, in May stemmed from the belief of going to Ibrox in that, I think it was the, the late February, or early March, and, and coming so close and kind of thinking, you know what, after the 5-2 thumping and the cup final defeats and whatever, we can match this mob. Was there any belief taken from Ibrox that day that kind of led to, okay, we, we can do this in the week building up to the cup final? I think there was. Because I think if you if you remember back, that that, that year we were we were nip and tuck. We, we, we went toe-to-toe with these guys for, for the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as I said, that, that, that day at Ibrox when we, we, we deserved to win. Uh, and Albert scored in the last minute. I think it was to equalise. I think then it was... Well, I think when you look against... When, when I was there, that... We always managed to get results against Rangers. Yeah, we'd get a do-in now and again, but Celtic were the ones that we, we could never get a result against. Like, as I said, mm-hmm. even in 96, like me Sticky scored my hat-trick at Ibrox and we have beaten them at Ibrox. We had, we had days that we were better uh, and we could compete with Rangers. I think there was, there was a different, they were on a different side from Celtic. Celtic we always struggled against uh, and we were very, very rarely getting any sort of results against Celtic. But we did manage to get the occasional one at Ibrox and also at Tynecastle. So I, I think there was always a self-belief that on any given day, if we, if we ride our luck and we get the, the, the luck of the, the bounce of the ball and stuff like that, we've got the ability and we had the, we had the squad that could beat them. So I think, as I said, the build-up, even from 96, as I said, and not, not so much the cup final, but going to Ibrox and winning uh, 3-0 would be sticky. I think we always knew that we had the ability to beat them. As I said, if it was Celtic, uh, then I think it, the, the whole mindset of the team would have been completely different because we never ever got the, the upper hand against a, that Celtic team when I was there. As I said, they were always they always managed to, 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 to run over the top of us either at Tynecastle or at Parkhead and it was just, a, they were a different team from Rangers. I think Rangers always had that sort of Achilles heel where we could score goals against them. Uh, we very rarely managed to score many goals against Celtic. So, as I said, I think you're right having being able to go to Ibrox and, and, and be in charge uh, and be on top uh, and then having them scraping a draw gives us that sort of self-belief to, to go into the final and win the game. Okay, I've got one question for both you and Ryan. I'll start with Ryan, if you don't mind, Paul. The question is, yeah. is, is simple. You have both won the Scottish Cup with hearts. What is your advice as a cup winner in Maroon to the side for Saturday? First of all, Ryan. Um, I would probably just go over, uh, I think most of the team have been involved in a cup final before, which is, I think, a good thing. Um, I, I think they've tasted that sort of defeat and the hurt that comes with losing a cup final. And I also think with you know the way that the 
the team, the, the majority of the players have been there long enough to, like what Liam Boyce had said, they know what's at stake if they win that game. They know that in 10, 15 years' time, there'll be dinners and they'll be wanting to, to be spoken to. And, and that's what you want as a player. So my advice, you know, you can go along the whole thing of, you know, enjoy it and do whatever you want, but win the game. You know, that is the, the do everything you possibly can this week leading up to training, the night before, the, the warm-up, do everything you possibly can to make sure that you win that game. Um, and yeah, I, I think the distraction of Rangers being away could could be a huge added bonus for, for Hearts as long as they keep their focus on, you know, it doesn't matter the result that they get on the Wednesday night. It's going to be a totally different game come Saturday and um the advice is just to make sure that you do everything you can to to win that game. Simple as that. Paul, what about you? <laughs> yeah, enjoy the experience, but one, it's a cup final. Uh, I think it's, as I said, these guys are going into this game. It's, uh, I, th- I think it's what happened last weekend. Won't won't play anything in, in their minds, as I said. But it's it's a cup final. Self belief go on, as I said. The, the, the support that the guys will have. I'll, I'll be incredible. Uh, enjoy the experience, enjoy the build-up. But as Ryan said, it's a cup final. As I said, only one result is going to matter, and it's a one for Hearts, and that's how they've got to look at it. Uh, they've got to go in there and do what it takes to to win the game. Is that your daughter in the background? Yes, yeah, she's here. Yeah, yeah. Hello. A wee jambo. Hearts, Hearts, glorious Hearts. Go, <laughs> go. You got to sing it. You got to sing. <laughs> no yet. No, yeah, oh, yeah. She's, she's not quite. No, yeah, she that. watches that. She watches that. She will be one day. One well, day she's got a little maroon jersey. To be fair, she's grown out her heart strip right now. But uh, we might, we might make do. We might make do in the weekend and and get it back on. Well, both you and Mister Donaldson have have American daughters that will hopefully learn the learn the heart's way and and then come over to see their team in a few oh. years' time. Oh, he, he, she, she, here, she here's one. Here's one for you, Paul. Um, so. She always every time is Daddy, are you watching Hearts? I said, Yes. I'll I'll I like the, the Reds. I said the Maroons. I like the Maroons. So I said, That's good. So Daddy, are Hearts playing? Uh, no. So I had Hearts on at the weekend. So I had Laurie's um Hearts TV on the laptop. And I was, it was on the TV over here. So I had Celtic Motherwell on the telly. Daddy, I want the green team to win. <laughs> oh no. Now, if your no, daughter had said that, Ryan, if you if Millie had, had come out with something like that, I mean, there has to be punishment. I don't care if she's only four years old. She was told in no uncertain terms, you will never say that again, ever. You do not want the green team to win. Honestly. Girl dads no. is fine, but sure, that's that was a bad one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, yeah, she beat the door. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's it. Like, she she beat so, the door. She beat the door. <laughs> Her first jersey, she, she's got a heart strip, but she's, she's grown out of that. That never lasted too long. So, uh, well, Christmas is coming up, so she'll be definitely getting another one. That's good to know. Paul, you obviously follow hearts from afar, like like Mr. McGowan and Mr. Donaldson. I mean, look, looking at the game on Saturday, you know, you've, I think you've seen quite a bit of this hearts team. Um, how do you rate the chances in this game against Rangers? It's got to be tough. Uh, let, let's not be about the bush, as I said. It's, it's got to be a difficult game, but it's definitely one that they can win. Uh, I think if they see out properly with, with, with Robbie and, and Gordon and Lee, as I said, they've got top, top quality coaches, in my opinion. And they'll, they will look, they will unturn every stone to give the guys a, a, any advantage possible. Uh, but we know it's always going to be difficult. You play Rangers and Celtic in any game, 
uh, and a cup final, as I said, it's, it just it raises the the, the sort of the, the temperature. It's going to be a, a tough game. I'm hopeful. Uh, do they need to a little bit of luck, a little bit of rub of the green? Definitely. Uh, do we need our, every single player to be at the top of their game? Definitely. Uh, do we need a little bit of help for referees? Maybe. But as I said, all these things are possible. Uh, and as I think, it's, as I said, it's a cup final, and it's what players. Uh, practice every every day for it's what they dream about uh, and to go and represent Hearts in a cup final should be uh, should, should give them that little bit extra that they need to go and win the game uh, as I say and I think it's a it's going to be a massive day uh, and one that I'm uh, optimistic about um, and really really looking forward to it I think we've got no. a decent chance I really do yeah is, that, yeah. is, that, is it foolish to be as not confident <laughs> but is it foolish what? to be as optimistic no, I don't no. think it's not. I think, Mark, I think you're right. I think it's, I don't think there's uh, enough enough confidence in the game. As I, say, I think when you look at anybody, if they've got that sort of confidence, you, you can find yourself with an extra 15, 20% sort of output. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for the confidence. I think it's justified. I think, as I said, looking at it, we, we, we are a good team this year. As I said, I think the Hearts on any given day have been exceptional uh, but we have to, as I said it's got to be every single one of them at the top of their game our goalie's just been as I said outstanding this year uh, and as I said I think when you've got someone like him protecting the goal you've, you've always got to give yourself a chance I think I'm a lot more if you look at the was it 2019 the, we lost to Celtic yes 2-1 yeah yeah that Celtic team was better than this Rangers team oh without a doubt and yep. this Hearts team's a lot better than that Hearts yep. team. Mm-hmm. That was a, what, a 2-1 and it was a, mm-hmm. any other day it could have been different. So They only had two chances. They only had two chances and they scored them both. You know, I, I definitely don't think there's any reason why any of those Hearts players should be worried about anything. And with this whole sort of Europa League final going on, it's an unbelievable opportunity to fucking hit them early. Because if you get up and you get up one, say if they lose on Wednesday, even if they win on Wednesday, the last thing they will want to be doing is coming back in the first 20 minutes, getting blown out the water and being like, oh my God, we're, we're right in for a game here. And Hearts will be up with it. They'll, they'll have the benefit of training for the whole week. It's just a real, real good opportunity for them to, to lay a marker on, especially in those first 20 minutes. And everybody knows how hard it is to change a game during a game. And if, they, if Hearts can get on top early enough, then... Um, yeah, I'm very quietly confident that they can uh, go on and get the result. Okay, time for a tangent, because we haven't had one for a while, right? So I haven't even discussed it. I've just come up with this idea. We're going to combine the 1998 Scottish Cup winning team with the 2012 Scottish Cup winning team, but we can only have 11 starters. Right. Ready? Okay. Okay, who's the goalkeeper? Is it... Jamie McDonald or Gilles Rousset? I'm going for Gilles Rousset. Ryan? <laughs> I like, I've never met, I've never met um, Rousset, so I'm going to go Jammer for, for... See, Mark, no. Mark, before we continue with this, this is very difficult for either of these guys to pick. No, it's not. They're picking someone themselves. Who's not, well, no, but who's, for them to, no, to, to pick someone who's not one of their teammates. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many ex hearts players listen to this? No, saw that. That's right. So what do you mean? Jamie, Jamie McDonald's been on this. Two <laughs> episodes. He'll be on, he'll be on again. Jamie McDonald would probably pick Gilles Rousset. That's because Jamie McDonald's just 
too nice well, a guy. Gilles Lucy would probably pick Jamie McDonald. They're both exactly. Nice. Right. So, so you you get the deciding vote. Laurie Dunsire. No, Gilles Lucy like... or Jamie McDonald. What? You don't like this game? I don't like this game. I don't like it. Oh, come no. off it. Not what? Ryan McGowan and Paul Ritchie on because it's their well, team. But... I think so. No, but they're in our team, right? So, so Richie and McGowan are, are in our eleven. It would be more fun the if they one. both played the same position. But he was at Ryan McGowan was at right uh, was at right back for the final. So we're together. Ryan McGowan, Ryan McGowan, Andy Webster, <laughs> Barry Salukas, or Paul Ritchie. Is what's that, Paul Richie? What's that, Lucas, but Maris, Maris is on the team every day of the week. He's, so as I said, it's we, we figured that one out. Uh, as I said, but uh, on the go, keep going then. If we're, if we're right. going to do it. Okay, so our, our goalkeeper, right? If, if Laurie's not going to do it, I'll. Rousset's our goalkeeper, right? Okay. McGowan is our right back. Paul Ritchie is one of our centre backs. Now, Paul's chosen Zaliukas as our other oh. centre back. You happy with that, Ryan? Oh, uh, so Ryan's punting Webby. Oh. David Weir or Andy Webster or Marius Zaliukas to partner Paul Ritchie at the back. Oh, good. Big Davey Weir. Okay. Laurie, do you want the I'm casting te- vote or are you chicken shit again? I'm telling Andy Webster about this. Oh, Ryan's, Ryan's, just, Ryan's punting Andy Webster because he gave him so much abuse when he was at the right side of that defence. Yeah. Um, that is a that is a really hard one. I have to, and I'm not just saying that because we've got one oh, of the centre backs on, but there's there's some strong centre backs yeah. that you could pick any of them. We could have went a back three, we could have changed the shape of the team. Yeah. yeah um so I, I I think Ryan's probably quite fair with with Davy Weir at that point. Davy Weir was a an absolute cracking player, and oh, in fact, I say at that point until he was about fifty, where he was still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, so our left back is it Gary Naismith or Granny Danger? Naismith. Naismith. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as much as I like Danny Granger for that day, I mean, you you can't really argue with that. It's Gary Naismith. Okay. Um, Stefano Salvatore or Darren Barr? What formation Salvatore. are we playing? Four five one. Okay. Paul Richie said Salvatore. I can't argue with that as well. No. Yeah. Ryan. Rude. Yeah. Rude. Um, out wide. Suso. Uh, who would have been right hand side? Four three three. Four three three for Hearts in ninety eight though. So they didn't really play any wingers. It was yeah. It was Salvatore, Cameron, Fulton, and then Flogel and McCann either side of a dam. So it would be Flogel. Yeah. Well, in fact, did he? He played McCann at wide left, but it wasn't. It was more of a four-three-three, wasn't it, Paul? For the ninety-eight, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. As I said, it was more. Yeah, uh, as I said, Flogel, Flogel playing the right, McCann on the left, and a dam through the middle. But then Flogel, right, so, yeah. So, yeah, um, that's a tough one. That's a tough one for right because I, I would argue that. That only probably Rudy gets into that team from a 2012 perspective. Okay, so Driver wouldn't get in over no, McCann. No, over McCann, I mean. Okay, no. Scatchel, does he get in? Yes, yeah, Adam Barr doesn't, Ian Black doesn't, Suso doesn't. Nope. That's probably fair. And yeah. and I think I think Stefan gets in ahead of Stephen Elliott, yes? Yeah. 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 Oh, God, so it's done for us. That's just that's a decent lineup. So we'll go Gilles, then we'll go Ryan, Paul. Who did we? Ryan, Ryan's Weir. getting in ahead of his of his old uh, agent, Dave McPherson. Is that what you're saying? Dave still. <laughs> Dave still. Yeah, I was working out whose spot. Yeah, I'll take that position easily. 
Dave will let me know because you'll get commission from it. If it was centre back, you wouldn't get ahead of him, but yeah. He'll still be wanting 10% of this appearance money for you in this team. (laughs) (laughs) Naismith at left back. And then after that, it's Scatchel. And then it's Salvatore. Who are you dropping, though, for Scatchel? Who who, who are we dropping? Fuego. So no Fuego. No Fuego. Fulton. Fulton, So Salvatore, Fulton, Cameron. Cameron and McCann. Scatchel, McCann, Adam. That's a that's a bloody good side. They'd win on Saturday for sure. Oh fuck! Oh easy. I might even score again. <laughs> Steady now. Paul, did you score in the? Did you score in that cup final? No, I'm not in the cup final. I'm how close up. did? How close did you come? Ah, not very close. Not in the cup final. No. The build up. I, I scored a few in the build up. Did I know? Um, right. You scored against Air United in the quarter final. Yeah, uh, that was a fucking good goal. I remember Katie and I, my mum, my dad, and, and Jordan. We were at a game a few years ago, and the, the videos were playing in the uh, in the heart shop, and the clip came on against Air United. And was like, my, my son looked at me. He's like, "Dad, actually, you, <laughs> you fucking been to do shit like that." But yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, touch finish. It was a uh, it was a decent goal for for, for an old centre back. Was it better than a yard out? That McGowan scored in 2012. Listen, it's not about the distance, it's about the movement. <laughs> movement! Movement! If you watch my movement, shake my marker, following in, as every good striker does. Yeah, to be fair, I was speaking about that with um, with Lockie yesterday, and he was like, it was what they, that's what they worked on when I said, but it was meant to be Scatchel's goal. He's like, no, but Ryan was always meant to run in around his man at the back post to follow up if anything came out. I was like, oh, you're giving him too much credit. He's not even here. Listen, that's what I always tell the kids. Listen to your coaches. Take it in. Keep doing the stuff. Keep putting yourself in the right positions. You're going to get yourself a goal. Back back post bandit. That was my nickname back then. Back post bandit. Back post bandit. That's got to be my title of this week. And it's, you're, not even, you're not even the special guest. Back post bandit. I'm so sure that Sleeves used to say that all the time. If you just hang around the back post, like the amount of like glancing headers that oh. sort of always whiz by, or I, I Ryan, think, Paul, I Billy think Stark, Billy Stark made a career of that. Paul, you, you, you got a couple in, did you not? What back post coming round? Yeah, yeah, we dodged it. That was Dodge's big thing. Uh, but right. Dodge, I remember, I remember him. He always, he always used to stand start on the back post because they would have somebody on the back post who was potentially marking you. But they wouldn't leave the back post. So we'd come into that sort of six-yard corner area. The boy would still stand in the back post and Dodgy would fucking tap in 10 a season. Incredible for it. As I say, because players don't know. So the, the guy doesn't want to come off the post. They're not going to put two players on that guy that's there. So you, you've got three or four yards by yourself. And we Dodgy was, as I said, we Billy Dodge got, as I said, a number of goals from that sort of area. It was, it was quite it was quite interesting did L- Lockie say that no one thought that that set piece was ever going to work <laughs> leading up to that cup final he, he did not say that but you said that to us um, in the programme we, we did a wee programme article for the last game of the season and you said that no one thought the set piece would actually work no we were doing this set piece like there's no chance they're going to let Skatra run to the edge of the box and have a shot and then there's no chance that he's going to shoot from the, the edge of the box and it's going to go in so we're just like, this is an absolute waste of time. And Lockie's like, just keep doing it. This is what we want to do, what we want to do. Lockie's... <laughs> like, fucking uh, told you, I told you. 
he said he said his his reasoning behind it was because Lee Griffiths, um, although he would hover at the edge, uh, as soon as the corner would be taken, he would just be thinking about trotting back up the pitch. So he wouldn't stay with his man. So if his man was scatchel edge of the box, he would just leave him and just start walking back towards the other side of the pitch. But there we go. Hopefully we've got some hopefully we've got some good set piece routines this weekend. Paul, we we better let you go shortly, but before you do, uh, yeah, exactly. yes. Can yes, you gentlemen. give us a prediction for Saturday, this Saturday? What what you reckon we're gonna have at Hamden Park? Uh, I'll go two one victory for Hearts. Oh, and what a penalty kick given an opening 30 seconds for Hearts by Willie Collins. I would, t- I would oh, no. take that every day of the week, but that's not going to happen. I think we're all, <laughs> all realistic enough to know that little shitbag won't give us nothing. <laughs> As I said, I think we can uh, all safely say that if we get a penalty on Saturday, all oh, hell is frozen over. Who, who takes it, by the way? Eh? Who takes who it? Take, who would take the penalty? Boyce, if he's playing. Yeah. James. Uh, if he's playing. I think he's playing. I think you've got to see Boyce, wouldn't you? Who's who's going to get on the score sheet this weekend for Hearts and Paul? Uh, I'll go. Boys. Boys. Not for a penalty because it's Willie Collin, but open play then. Yeah, I'll give him, give him a If he's fit, if he's fit, uh, he'll give us he'll give us double. If he's no, well, who's 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 got to give us? Ganelli. Yeah. Josh Kidd. Yeah. yeah. I'll take anyone to be fair I won't take anybody I won't take anybody John Uh, Suter would be nice that would be an interesting one (laughs) (laughs) the own goal to put Rangers ahead I tell you Paul we could we could get into centre-backs making controversial moves to Rangers having been at heart that's that's for another podcast that's a week-long podcast for that that's a conversation another day but look, thank you very much for coming on. I realise that you were travelling, you had a lot on, so I appreciate you taking the time to to join us. And um, gentlemen, an absolute pleasure, Ryan. Nice to speak to you again, sir. And yeah. Mr. thank you, Mr. Mr. Man. I will speak to you soon. I will see you soon. Cheers, Cheers Paul. Cheers, Paul. It's been a pleasure. Cheers, man. Thanks, mate. Good Bye. Good night, guys. Cheers, man. Well, that was a turn up for the books, wasn't it? Two Hearts Cup winning defenders on the podcast. We've not had that since since Andy Webster was on. But um, no, I mean Paul Ritchie, Hearts Cup winner, and I think similar to similar to Ryan, it just it sticks with you, doesn't it? Obviously, Paul's been around the club for a little bit longer than Ryan was, but you can see the impact uh, a day like that has, can't you, Mark? Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I mean, speaking of Hearts defenders, hoping to to lift the Scottish Cup and follow in the footsteps of Paul Ritchie and and Ryan McGowan. Um, the Hearts Twitter account has just put a quote up from Craig Halkett that simply says, for every Hearts fan, it's all they want this season. We've had a great campaign, but all of our focus is now on this one game. It's in our hands now to take it from a good season to a great one. Amen to that. Absolutely. So before we go... Um, we should make our prediction. So Paul Ritchie's went with a 2-1 win, which is probably mm-hmm. not surprising given 24 years ago it was a scoreline that obviously put him into the Hearts uh, legend category and ultimately into the Hall of Fame as well, like a certain Mr. Ryan McGowan. Um, well, how are we feeling about this one, Ryan? You want to give us a scoreline and a goal scorer? I'm going 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0. 1-0
one okay. nil, and I'm gonna go with Mackay. Nice, Mackay against his former club. How about you, Mark? I'll do the same scoreline, but Ellis Sims. Copy that. Okay. Okay. You? I'm. I'm. I'm feeling the. I'm feeling the '98 vibe, so I'm going to copy Paul on the scoreline. I'm going to go with two-one. Uh, he he's gone with Boyce. I can't copy everything. So, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go with Craig Halkett as well. You've brought his name up. He scored at Ibrox. Um, I hope he makes the game, and I hope there's a fairy tale story where he he does make it after being out for so long. Well, not for so long, but with you know, we thought when he was off in the semi final on that stretch, we thought that was him done for the season, but came back and got some minutes at the weekend. Um, a fairy tale end to the season for him against his former club, header from a corner to to win the game for Hearts 2 1 and bring the cut back to Gorgie. And Gary Locke for a third time will be telling everyone how to get on top of the bus on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Look, guys, this is how we did it in 98 and 2012. All right, okay, you go up there. You'll find a way, won't it? If we win it this year, he'll be there and then. And, he'll be on the bus, yeah, for sure. And then the next time he will be. He will be there as well, whether he's club ambassador or he's kit man or he's whatever he is, he'll be there. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it now. I have to say this last hour and a bit has um, has got me really excited for Saturday. And hopefully it's the same for people listening because it's a cup final. And I know we had it um, less than two years ago, but with no fans there, it wasn't the same. 2019 was a great day out. Ryan, you were there as a fan for that one. Um, it's just the occasions that you're in football for, whether you're in it as a fan, you're in it as a player, or you're in it as a coach or whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I love the... Obviously, the 2012 one was, was great, but that was my first cup final as a fan, and I thoroughly enjoyed that, the whole experience of it, just the almost the, like the camaraderie of everybody going there and seeing Hearts fans everywhere and, you know, on the train beforehand in the pubs. It's just, it's such a good day out. Um, and yeah, I just can hope that they can get the result and then you can just enjoy the celebrations afterwards and, and see how much joy the club brings to, you know, thousands and thousands of people, which is, you know, that's just what you want to see is, is all those people that have worked hard and followed the club for so long enjoying a little bit of success. So wish all the boys on Saturday the very, very best. I wish I could say I'd be watching. I wish I could say I was there, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be making sure if they win that uh, I continue on the celebrations with once I get back into Edinburgh, that's for sure. I'm sure you'll find a, a way to get back for celebrations at some point. Uh, and Obviously, to everyone listening, enjoy the cup final. Uh, we really hope that next week we're discussing a famous Hearts victory. Whatever happens, we will be back to dissect it. Um, but enjoy the weekend. And of course, come on the Hearts. Legends never die when the world... Right, let's see how the international language of football goes with Stefano Salvatore. <laughs> <laughs> Stefano! How does this compare to life in Italy? Oh, this is fantastic. Congratulations, my team, my staff, all supporters here. Fantastic day. After 42 years, Ars win the Scottish Cup. Fantastic. Very happy.
the ball, Richie, and Richie has hammered that one into the roof of the net. Hearts one nil up after eight minutes. He can't. Colin Cameron fires hearts in front. Amaruso lets it run. It's a down. Stepping it down for hearts. Let's hear from the captain, Marius Eliukas. Marius, fantastic, fantastic scenes behind you here. Just what an afternoon for Hearts. It's brilliant. It's listen. Honestly, it's a brilliant feeling. Probably with football, let's live for that. You've been around this club a long time. You've grown to love this club. Just what does it mean for you personally? Now this club, honestly, is going to take a place over here inside of me. And all the time I'm going to come to visit over here this team to watch the game. And it's brilliant. Very big party tonight. Oh, hi. And tomorrow as well. Well done. Thank you. When he gets a little bit closer, the second effort is perfect! An absolute dream of a strike from Stephen Kingsley!